You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, zillions of zippy, zany, zesty, Z-donk zeals. Welcome <laughs> to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 47, and I am your humble host, Karen, and we are your ridiculously rad riffing and ranting ragamuffins. I'm Colin. <laughs> I'm Dana. And no Chris today. Um, ironically, well, I guess not ironically, appropriately, our last episode was on cold things, and uh, Chris has a cold, yeah. so cannot make it. Yes. Get well soon, Chris. This episode is sponsored by men's online apparel store, Bonobos.com. So I want to do a mini segment to start the show, and I'm going to call it Bonobos Presents Bad Kids Jokes, Pants Edition. (laughs) I've shared with you guys, I've shared with some of the people over Twitter, one of my favorite Tumblr sites is called Bad Kids Joke. And the person who made this moderates jokes on a, a kid's joke site. A lot of the joke submissions can't be published because they're either <laughs> offensive or dirty or not appropriate for or kids. Or just outright bad. Yeah, or just uh-huh. bad. Or just doesn't make okay. sense at all. And I feel like those are kind of the funniest. I think so. We all know that Bonobos makes some of the best pants in the world, but these kids definitely make some of the worst jokes. <laughs> Let's share some of these. And they're all pants related. So they're like riddles, but keep in mind, they, they make absolutely no sense or are <laughs> not funny. Ooh, can we guess? Yes, yes. Okay, all right. Okay. What did the woman do in bed when she heard the alarm going off? And it pants is something in the... <laughs> yeah, pants is in the answer. Oh my... So this is rejected. Yes. She like hit it as if there were ants in her pants. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is poo her pants. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay. I think what's missing in a lot of these is the direct cause and effect relationship. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just whatever is on your mind. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Word association. Yeah. They they're okay. treating jokes as if it's a two-line story. <laughs> I know. Okay. Why did the farmer sleep on his bed? Um, something like about a cow, or he wanted to he wanted to raise some. I don't know. I can't even. Pants were flooding. I don't know. He wanted to dream of sheep because all the animals took his pants off. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he slept in his bed. Well, I got no pants. I cool. I better go to sleep. I was gonna sleep on the floor. Yeah, it's awkward without pants. My lack of pants <laughs> okay. is really. Okay. Driving this decision. <laughs> These are hard to guess. I can't even begin. I don't think you're supposed to <laughs> okay. guess them. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my face hurts. I know. <laughs> so I also want to share a very lovely Facebook message we got from our Good Job Brain page. And here it is. This is uh, from Mr. Tommy Danger. And he says, hey, guys, I just wanted to say I listen to your podcast as I run. I'm currently running across the country from Seattle to Daytona Beach for cystic fibrosis. I just want to thank you guys for having a rad podcast that allows me to clear my mind on an 18 to 20 mile run every day. I'm a little over 1,800 miles in so far, and you guys have been a part of a lot of those miles. Thank you, and have a stellar day, exclamation point. Wow. Well, thanks, Tommy. That's That's amazing. amazing. That's not only cross-country. That's diagonal 
cross country. Yeah, yeah. Tommy here started a campaign called More Than Just Miles, where he's running uh, over 3,200 miles to raise awareness and money for Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Very, 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 very cool. So keep on running, Tommy, and we'll keep you entertained. And best of luck to you. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So without further ado, let's jump into our general trivia segment. Pop quiz, hot shot. And here I have a random Trivial Pursuit card, and you guys have your barnyard buzzers, so let's start answering some questions. What language has more native speakers than any other in Canada after English and French? Hmm. Basically, what's the number three language? I'll guess Swedish. Incorrect. That's random. Chinese? Yes, mm, it is Chinese. actually Chinese. Of course. Oh, well, I was just thinking that, like, you know, I know a lot of Swedish speakers, like, in the middle part of America, maybe up into the Canadian border. I don't know. Oh, Chinese makes a lot more sense, though. All right, next question. Ooh, what character actor showed off fancy dance steps in a Fat Boy Slim video <laughs> called Weapon of Choice? Dana! Christopher Walken. Yes, it yes. is Christopher that is a fantastic video. I had yes. no idea he could dance so well. I don't think that. anybody did until he busted out those moves. Was it? So I, I believe this is true. It could totally not be true. <laughs> but I think he said um, the reason why he speaks at that pace has to do with learning how to dance. That's yeah. crazy. That's a good theory. That was a good impression. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Yellow Wedge. What high-profile fast food entree lost McDonald's $200 million in 1997? Lost them? Huh. Colin? I don't know, the the McRib? Incorrect. Hmm. Is it the McDLT? Incorrect. Uh, It hmm. is the Arch Deluxe Hmm. that we talked about in a previous show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Green Wedge for science. What metal is dusted on a glass surface to make an Etch-A-Sketch? Oh, that's a good question. I I think it's aluminum, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. All right, last question. Orange Wedge, what clue character is known as Dr. Black to Britons? Huh. Dana? Oh, it's Body. Shoot. Yes, it's it the is. Body, yeah. Mr. Body. Oh. Mr. Body in the States and Dr. Black to the people in the UK. Good job, Brains. So we've mentioned before that Chris is at home sick and he's most likely sleeping right now and very recuperating sleeping yep so could be back next week (laughs) and appropriately today's topic our topic of the week is on sleep I'll kick it off with a grab bag style quiz about sleep, sleep and dreams. All right. I'll be super impressed if you get all of them. I'll be like, oh, "Oh." now it's a challenge. Yeah. Me versus you, Colin. Number one, what Greek letter describes the deepest phase of sleep? Oh. Oh, So I know there's like. I didn't even know. Is it theta? No. I'm just guessing because REM, is it rho? Nope. It's Delta. 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 It's in the fourth phase of sleep, okay. and Delta is the fourth letter. Oh, I, I don't know I if that's why it's yeah. called that. I think but that's it why is. I remember, I remember it. reading about the different levels, like reading mm-hmm. about hypnosis one time. 
Washington Irving is famous for writing two short stories. One is about sleeping, and one has sleep in the title. What are they? Uh, well, I know one is... Okay, Leg- you say one. All right, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yep. Rip Van Winkle? Yes. Yeah! Ah, all right! Yeah. Team effort. Sleepy Hollow was the headless horseman, Ichabod right? Crane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I noticed that today, that both of his stories had sleep-related things in it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. A king-size mattress is 76 inches by 80 inches. What size bed is 84 inches by 84 inches? Oh. Oh, man. They have the one that's called, is is that the California King? No, that one Mm. is 72 by 84. Oh. Is Hmm. it European King? No. There is a... Monarch? No, there's like an (laughs) extra extra king. It's the San Francisco King. No. Yes. It has, what? The San Francisco King? 80, yes. What is 84 by 84? It's yeah. a square. Huh. It's a square. A I square bed. Called. I wonder why it's called that. That's really interesting. What's the name of a large high-backed pillow with two arms? Oh, man. Oh, I don't know what those things are They sell are them at like Ikea. Or yeah. Like... A little huggy chair thing. It's called the husband pillow or the boyfriend pillow. Oh. oh. <laughs> it makes oh. you not want to buy one. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why is it just a husband who can embrace you? Yeah. <laughs> who wrote the classic bedtime storybook, Good Night Moon? Oh, God. Uh, it's on my shelf behind me. Does I, it start uh, with... Oh, I think it's... Isn't the guy who also wrote the purple crayon? No, I think no. it's a woman. I think Anne, El- no. Anne Elizabeth... Good oh, night, no. Moon. Keep going with old-timey names Man. of ladies. Annalise. <laughs> no. Marshall. Sarah. No. Margaret. Margaret. Wise Brown. Margaret Wise Brown. No idea. Oh, okay. wow. Margaret Wise Brown wrote, Good night, Moon. Good night, Moon. Good night, Moon. <laughs> Scooch children. I know. Scooch. Matt, you've raised the bar on the Christopher Walken <laughs> impressions, both of you. I'm too, too embarrassed. I can't do it now. What mammal sleeps the most during the day? Mm. Karen. Koala. No. Oh, what? Sloth? Is it sloth? No, it's the brown bat. The brown bat. Oh, of course, because it's a nocturnal animal. Well, during a 24-hour period, it sleeps 19 hours. And there's a kind of a myth that the koalas sleep 22 hours. But according to the Australian Journal of Zoology, they only sleep 14 and a half hours. Yeah, the <laughs> only, other, only. Koalas, they spend most of those hours, they're not really sleeping. They're just drunk. Right. Right. They're drugged they're, from yeah. eucalyptus. Yeah. Eucalyptus high. <laughs> yeah. no, that's not asleep. <laughs> yeah. They're just couch potatoing. Buzzing. In Greek mythology, who is the personification of sleep? Karen? Diana? No, she no. was the goddess of the moon. Is it a guy or a girl it's a guy oh he and must... you probably know who the dreams one is yeah whose dreams we'll do that one first i'll give you a hint this name also appeared in the matrix oh it was morpheus yes yeah dreams oh, was yes, morpheus yes, and right, like morphine morpheus. and right right mm-hmm. and then sleep was hypnos hypnos oh, yeah. of course okay in the wonderful wizard of oz what type of flowers caused dorothy to fall asleep <laughs> poppy poppies what color red yes. from the movie Scarlet, yes. That's our state flower. That's California. No, we're oh, golden. The golden poppy. Oh. I, don't, I don't think the golden ones make you sleepy. I think the scarlet ones might. Oh, good. All right, that's it. Good All job, right. guys. Oh, that was hard. I'm going to take a nap. I'll be right back. Yeah, recuperate. Speaking of animals like the bat and koalas who sleep all day, you know, I always wondered how do hummingbirds sleep or do they even sleep? 
Because as we know, like hummingbirds are like amazing. I hope I speak for all of the people who've seen hummingbirds. I like I cannot believe my eyes how fast their wings yeah. move. Well, you can't see them with your eye. You got to do it on like slow what? down on yeah. Oh, you can't see their wings, but you can see hummingbirds with yeah. your eyes. Yeah, no, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're like vampires, Dana. You yeah. I was like, I was like I'm pretty sure I've seen hummingbirds before. <laughs> They almost but wait, but don't they just sleep like other birds? What do you mean? Here's the thing. Hummingbirds, while in flight, they have the highest metabolism out of all animals. Mm. Highest metabolism, <laughs> excluding like insects or something. Like One of the reasons why they have such a ridiculously high metabolism is because they have to support the constant movement yeah. of the wings because oh, it's yeah. so fast. And their heart rate can reach as high as... 1,260 beats per minute. 1,000 beats per minute? More than 1,000 beats per minute. Oh, my God. Humans average around 60 to 100. 1,200. Wow. I want to see it. It must be like the tightest muscle like ever. Yeah. I mean, I know they're small, but yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense to have to exert that much energy. For something like that, it's like, do they even sleep? What happens when they do? And do they sleep like other animals just because their their metabolism is so amazingly high hmm. and so i found out that yes hummingbirds do sleep yeah yeah but well the, i mean they're not sharks like it's not like they have to stay in the air the whole time <laughs> but the way they sleep is like serious business okay serious business hummingbirds and some other animals go through what scientists call a daily torpor mm-hmm. so torpor is essentially an extremely deep sleep it's involuntary. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's it's out of necessity. Hmm. Hummingbirds need to be so insanely active during the day that their body has to almost shut down uh... when they need rest to conserve energy at night. And to the point that they almost appear to be dead. <laughs> Yikes. It's amazing. <laughs> when they go into their daily torpor, their metabolism will lower to one fifteenth of its uh... normal amount their body temperature will drop a lot to a point of becoming hypothermic. Huh. Whoa. And their heart rate, you know, from 1,200 beats per minute will drop to 50 beats per minute. A crazy That's incredible. descent. That must be like the widest range of any animal. That's insane. And their breathing slows down to a point where they look like they're not even breathing. So they're little bird popsicles. <laughs> bird popsicles almost right. The funny thing is when hummingbirds shut down for, for torpor at night, they tend to fall or hang upside down. So their claws would, you know, they would find a, a good place, with a branch or uh-huh. whatever on a tree, and then their claws would kind of dig in. They kind of like lock their claws yep. in. And then torpor basically <sighs> is passing out. It's wow. not, oh, I'm just going to go for a deep sleep. They pass out. And so sometimes they'll just hang upside down because they fall <laughs> with their claws on the branch and they're all upside down and little, like little seed pods or bats or yeah. something it's so cute oh my and gosh. there are photos online if you if you're curious because just... i have to say like if i were an animal that ate birds as part of my diet this sounds like pretty uh, this sounds like Piggins. a buffet yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> low-hanging fruit or low-hanging birds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Bird fruit. Just <laughs> yeah, if I fruit. knew that they were going to involuntarily pass out and stick to a yeah. branch once a day. That's the sad part. The weaker hummingbirds don't survive Aww. torpor, either through predators or because their bodies just, uh, you know... They can't come back out of it? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So it's kind of sad. I but... had no idea it was this intense. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry mm-hmm. I mocked you for wondering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, you know, I'm not saying that you should, but if you do stumble upon, if you see an upside down hummingbird, even if you touch it, which I'm not saying you should, they, they won't even wake up. 
Wow. Because you passed out. They don't even wake up if you put them in your mouth. I mean, <laughs> I, I, that's, that's what I read. That's good, good cover, Colin. <laughs> and uh, when they do wake up, it takes them like almost up to an hour to like fully go back to normal. That is pretty incredible. Just the, the extremes that they have to go through. So torpor, like I said, it's involuntary. Any kind of situation uh, where they have to conserve energy. It's almost like the reptilian in their behavior, you know? <laughs> so not to be confused, torpor is different than what we know as hibernation. It might sound similar, right? It's like animals who go to sleep to conserve energy. Mm-hmm. So the difference is hibernation is voluntary. You hear about rodents uh, collecting food or whatever for the winter for hibernation. Mm-hmm. It's because they know willingly to go to sleep during the winter months. And then during their deep sleep, sometimes they would wake up mm-hmm. and they would poo and pee and they would eat some of the stored fruit and then go back to sleep. So basically, they're just very uh, dormant during winter months. Oh, okay. So, of course, when we talk about hibernation, we always think about Bears. Sure. Uh-huh. Sure. Big bears go in the cave. Honestly, I didn't even really know that other animals beside bears would hibernate. A lot of little animals. So that's that's kind of the anomaly. So bears hibernate in a different way. So hibernation, you know, like I said, it's voluntary. You store food and then you just basically sleep a lot during winter months. Mm-hmm. Bears, they sleep through the whole winter and they don't store food outside of their bodies. Bears eat a lot of food. And we know that bears eat a whole bunch before it's time for hibernation and they sleep and basically live off of whatever is in their body Mm -hmm. for a long, long time. And it's kind of amazing because uh, they don't poo or pee during hibernation. Yeah. Now I've wondered how this works (laughs) (laughs) among the many things I've wondered. For urine, actually, it's interesting. The bear system recycles urine so it gets absorbs the moisture absorbs back and then it kind of you know becomes urine again and just this cycle but for for poop what happens is it just builds up in their body so now i remember talking with you guys i think uh, after pub quiz a few weeks ago and the topic somehow turned to bear butt plugs (laughs) (laughs) i don't know a classier way to say that but you guys had mentioned like reading about the, the the phenomenon that bears would sort of like I don't know, yeah. like for a better term, like pack themselves with a plug on the inside, right? Now, sure. is this... So I, I've heard this before where they eat a bunch of rocks and pine needles and like things that they can't digest. <laughs> and then that forms a plug a at the se- end of a their... seal. Yeah, it, it seals it up. So okay. that way things won't leave their body before it's time. <laughs> but but I looked online and it doesn't look like it's actually true. Yeah, it's <laughs> controversial. Oh, okay. So some bear zoologists say that that is actually a myth. That they don't really go out and actively eat rocks and okay. stuff. Yeah, because I mean, the first question I had is, well, they have to pass that eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There is a plug, but that plug is basically just really old, dried up poop in their yeah. system. Uh... I think that naturally just becomes a stopper. It might I'm... have rocks and stuff and hair in it because they groom themselves. Got yeah. it. Wow. Well, I'm. Well, so the joke really is does a bear poop in the woods? eventually (laughs) not while he's hibernating (laughs) not while he's sleeping but it's so weird because the charmin mascots are bears oh yeah from the commercial yeah Yeah, that's right they're they're they're, yeah they use the cartoon bears pooping in woods (laughs) right and the 
bear always has like toilet paper stuck to its butt. It's so graphic, <laughs> <laughs> like such a weird joke to be made. <laughs> I so, prefer yes. I prefer my toilet paper marketing just to have like puppies and things like that. Yeah, yeah. angel. <laughs> yeah, totally unrelated. <laughs> Not massive bear poop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, once again, I find myself having to transition away from poop into my topic. <laughs> You're uh, welcome. There's really no yeah. elegant way to do this. But I have a segment here for you guys entitled. What's in your bed? So we're still talking about poop. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we can go two different ways with what's in your bed in terms of how we want to interpret that. So I want to start with literally, what is your bed made of? I think all three of us have a pretty modern style bed, box spring, mattress, topper, things like that. That's actually a pretty recent invention. Like our beds that we sort of just take for granted in at least in the Western huh. world, it's only about 150 years old, like the way that, that we kind of know it. Oh, really? Before that, all the way up from through medieval renaissance times all the way up you know into the 17 1800s it was pretty common for most people that your bed would be some straw and fabric and oh. that's about it oh that feels pokey going back to medieval times if you said you know you're going to go make your bed for the night you you literally were talking about going and making oh. a bed oh. you would go God. You know, and depending on what you had access to, you'd get some blankets or fabric or clothing and get some straw and bunch it up and make a little bed for yourself. For anyone sort of below the level of uh, <laughs> royalty or nobility, it was fairly common. Just your bed would be a sack filled with straw. If you were lucky enough or had access to it, feathers or goose down, just the idea that bedrooms were kind of a new thing. So your bed might be in a different place every night and you'd have to sort of fix it up each time you're going oh. to sleep. So in addition to like feathers and straw, sawdust was common. Common, you know, or wood shavings. <laughs> People would use moss. Okay. If you were if you were really poor and didn't have access to good stuff, you could use wool. You could use horse hair, which sounds oh. really uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, I make violin bows out of horse I suppose hair. that's true, but I don't sleep on violin bows. Yeah, you know? true. Yeah. <laughs> as, as the saying goes, you can't sleep on violin bows, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> but again, you know, the idea of our comfortable pillow top, Tempur-Pedic foam spring bed. Yeah, it's a far cry. The, the spring mattress wasn't invented until 1865. So the spring box spring mattress was a big deal because it meant that you didn't have to have all these heavy things. I mean, another thing to note, oh, like, it's light. a modern bed was a big deal. For, for a long time, your bed might be the nicest single thing that you owned. Like, if you had a good bed, that could be your most valuable possession. Why did the farmer sleep on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> because Abraham Lincoln pooed in his pants. <laughs> Um, but this is a good transition here in terms of uh, the quality of bed to the other meaning of what's in your bed. And uh, the first thing, Dana, that you said was bugs, right? And so I want to talk about, oh. as uncomfortable as it might be, the other living things that are in your bed. Oh, Yuck. man. I know they exist. They do I exist. I did not like say bugs. Yes. I said two. There are. <laughs> we sort of just briefly recap the history of beds coming from up off the floor into nice raised platforms. A lot of that history was for sanitary reasons oh, as I well bet. as comfort. I mean, you want to get away from bugs and vermin and things like that. And yeah. it is just absolutely distressing. Oh, to read about. Yeah, ground. I mean, oh. as I say, if you had a cloth mattress filled with straw, it would not be uncommon to have mice, you know, find their way into your bedding it's or warm. other vermin. Yeah. It's warm and they can nest in there. Oh, so yeah. that's just the ones you can see. I mean, obviously, you know, bed bugs and lice and mites and all kinds of other things that you don't even want to think about were a problem. I'm going to I'm going to give you guys some numbers here that might make you uncomfortable. All right. The average bed of average cleanliness, okay, uh -huh. has up to 2 million bed mites. Bed mites are tiny little creatures, smaller than lice, smaller than fleas, and they live in your bed and they 
eat what you leave behind they eat your skin cells primarily and Mm -hmm. that's that is their diet i mean as gross as it is to think about they are living with you and this again this is not a sign of like an unclean house this is just just it's a byproduct of being human then we leave these behind we We are so tasty (laughs) all of our dead skin at least it's going somewhere (laughs) (laughs) yeah you like that it's being recycled yeah yeah Yeah, this is green this is where chris would sing circle of life if you were here I read that the average pillow, this blew my mind, up to 10% of a pillow's weight. If you have a pillow that's around four or five years old, which I said is the average, 10% of that weight can be your dead skin cells. Okay, I believe so. Bed mites, including living bed mites and dead bed mites, because when they die, they don't go anywhere. And this is my new favorite word up there with snarge. Uh, The other part is frass. F R A S S. What is that? I bet I think I can guess. Do you, would you care to guess what frass is? Is it's, it bed mite poo? It is bed mite oh, dung, yes. I knew it. Yes. Frass. Yes. <laughs> so bed mites, their dung and your dead skin cells can make And, and their dead bodies. And, dead, <laughs> and, and bodies. the dead ones, sorry, yes, yeah. yes, exactly. I wanna say good night to them at night. Good night, frass. <laughs> good night. <laughs> well frass doesn't Oh yeah, it doesn't. I mean if anything's sentient in there, it's probably not the <laughs> Good night, mites. Good night, <laughs> mites. <laughs> good night, lice. <laughs> Good night, Christopher Walken. <laughs> I thought this was going to be like a relaxing episode on sleep. Nothing relaxing Not in so our far. hands. Yeah. Not in our hands. We're going to have a quick break, and I actually have more Bonobos Presents Bad Kids Jokes Pants Edition. <laughs> Here I have a couple more I want to share with you guys. What do you call SpongeBob when he's made out of Lego? You call him uh, SpongeBob Lego Pants. Yes! Yes! I would like to announce my retirement from the world of bad kids joke guessing. (laughs) Quit while you're ahead. SpongeBob Lego Pants. Okay, last one. Why did Mr. Potato run from the cops? He wasn't, he didn't have any pants on. <laughs> he was, they were going to mash him. Oh, that's actually <laughs> But that good. has nothing to do with pants. Yeah, you you're to... right. Because he was made of pants, the end. <laughs> so the answer is, because he killed Mrs. Carrot Face and robbed Mr. Broccoli Pants. <laughs> what? I actually like that, was that dark. one. I actually, actually like that one. I would one. read the story of that. Is yeah. there a book that goes with that one? I know. Thank you, Amanda Nine of <laughs> Spokane, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So these kids' jokes are pretty bad, but Bonobos pants are awesome. So make sure to check them out at bonobos.com and hope you had a good laugh. Yeah, I didn't know it was going to turn into yeah. like a domestic double murder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vegetable he murder. he found his wife in bed. With, oh, yeah. hey! Wow. Well, he wasn't related to either no. one of them. Maybe he was like the third in that partner. Got, I don't know. Their vegetable love triangle. That would be an interesting book. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Good Job Brain, and today we're talking about sleeping and dreaming. Even though Chris is not here because he's sick, he did still prepare some stuff for us. He's a and, trooper. Yep, and he made a sleeping in fiction quiz, and mm-hmm. I will be reading these questions on his behalf. So get your barnyard buzzers right. ready. Here we go. It's all uh, questions about movies or stories or songs, okay. like fiction, and okay. related to sleep. Okay. This romantic comedy earned over $227 million in box office receipts, making it one of the highest grossing films in its genre. And that's rom-com. It's got to be Sleepless in Seattle. Correct. Sleepless yeah. in Seattle. You got to this romantic comedy, and I'm like, Sleepless <laughs> oh. in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... It can't be while you were sleeping. Oh, <laughs> ooh, I didn't even think about that, that one. That was not that great. No. This Al Pacino movie has him starring as an LAPD detective trying to solve a case in Alaska, but he can't get to sleep because of the 24-hour uh-huh. daylight. Uh, that's uh, Insomnia. Correct, yeah. Insomnia. Which is a remake of, a, of another very good, chilling movie. Yeah. Huh. Another movie one. Bogey and Bacall starred in this 1946 adaptation of a Raymond Chandler novel. <laughs> yeah, it's The Big Sleep. You are very uh, good. Yeah. You're on a roll. This mythical creature has been sung about by both the Cordettes and Metallica. Uh, oh. Sandman? Yes, Sandman. <laughs> Stephen King will release his next novel, Dr. Sleep, in 2013. What novel is Dr. Sleep a sequel to? Oh, this is excellent. Interesting. All right. Dr. Sleep. What would it be a sequel to? So it's got to be a novel where somebody survived to the end, which narrows it down a lot of the Stephen Kings. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's got to be one of his big ones, right? Hmm. It is The Shining. Oh, really? The Shining sequel is called Dr. Sleep coming coming out this year. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, I look forward to it. (laughs) All right, and last question. In the wake of the success of Fifty Shades of Grey, (laughs) what well-known female author is releasing a series of erotic novels called The Sleeping Beauty Trilogy that she originally wrote under the pen name A.N. Rochler? Dana. Anne Rice. Yes, Mm. Anne Rice, uh, author of the... Interviews with a Vampire franchise. Sure. Yeah. So it's funny you're talking about the Sandman there being in the two songs where, like, I always imagine the Mr. Sandman from the Cordettes is it's like, so lovely. oh, he's so yeah, cheerful and happy and take me away to happy land. And But the Sandman from Metallica song <laughs> yeah. is like, I don't want to see you. I don't know where you're taking me. <laughs> off to never. <laughs> yeah, off to land. never, never land. The, the way you say it makes it sound like I don't want to go there. The Peter Pan's there, right? <laughs> and the creepy kid in the song. Oh, my God. Yeah. There has to be a mashup of that. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would go into a place. So, Dana, you like to talk about Nightmare Town a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't like to go there. But... Yeah, well, you like to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys know the origin of the word nightmare? Well, if we break it up. The first part you can probably break down. (laughs) Yeah, you can probably figure out. But what is the mare? What is the mare part in Nightmare? Like horse. That's, you know, that's a lot of people's first (laughs) thought. Of the sea. uh, Oh, (laughs) Oh, actually, that's good. A lot of people's first thought is like, oh, mare, like a a horse, a female horse. horse. And, you know, it's, and that certainly is uh, supported in a lot of people's minds by the fact that you see, you know, these nightmares coming on horses in dreams, Mm -hmm. sometimes depicted. Is it Mar? It's not. If you don't know it, you're probably not likely to guess it. So (laughs) it's. uh, I didn't mean it like that. Shut me right down. (laughs) (laughs) So the the mare and nightmare is totally etymologically unrelated to mare in like female horse. They just happen to be spelled the same way. So the mare and nightmare is is an old English word, and it means like an incubus or like a a goblin, like a night goblin. And you guys may have heard the term incubus before, not the band. Not the incubus. Yes. Incubus and succubus, that's right. And they essentially added night onto part of it to distinguish it from mare meaning a female horse. Like even oh. even back in the you know There's no day mare. Even back in the thirteenth century, <laughs> which is, you know, they traced the word nightmare back to the thirteenth century, even then they felt the need to uh, disambiguate it. So all right, so what is an incubus? I know what a succubus is. That's because I play World of Warcraft. I think isn't the succubus just the female version of like a seductress? Nightmare actually had a very specific meaning of essentially it's an evil female spirit that would come visit you in the night and try and suffocate you. Oh, and, oh, and that's cool. that's so. I mean, it's creepy. But specifically, when you would talk about a nightmare, it would be a a, a female evil spirit. Mm. And so incubus comes from the Latin incubo, which means... In cubes. (laughs) (laughs) One who lies down on the sleeper. What's a sleeper? The person who is sleeping. So, you know, like the incubus are, you know, coming in the night, the the nightmare, the succubus coming to visit you. And so it's interesting, you know, if you look at a lot of depictions, either in paintings or sculptures from the medieval period, they would show nightmares as, you know, a goblin or sort of this gargoyle demon shape, you know, literally sitting on the person's chest as they're sleeping. And it was actually a long time. It wasn't until like the mid 1800s that nightmare kind of just came to mean any bad dream. Not long after that, that just, oh man, this weekend was a nightmare for me, you know. But so for like 500 years, it really had this very specific meaning. I have a question. Yes. I've heard, and I've never experienced it, but I've heard from friends that sometimes when someone is asleep, Mm -hmm. they would wake up and they can't move. I'm glad Uh, you said that. So here. Is that related? This is absolutely. As sure as we can be (laughs) that it is related. So you are absolutely right. So there is a condition called sleep paralysis. And it, it can be very frightening because the description is, is more or less what you said. I mean, it, the, the basic of sleep paralysis is being aware that you're awake, but not being able to move your body. Yeah. And it tends to happen in transitional moments, they say. It's, it's not very well understood, like a lot of sleep disorders, or I should say parts of it are understood, but parts of it are not. But it does tend to happen when you're coming out of sleep or coming into sleep. So here are some of the conditions of sleep paralysis. Uh, an inability to move, but being aware of things that are going on around oh you. Oh, my God. It can bring on panic and it can bring on shortness of breath. Well, you can't yeah. move. Right. So now, is this starting to sound familiar to an evil spirit who comes and visits you and tries to suffocate you or oh. sits on your chest? It seems, you know, again, as clear as it can be that what was depicted commonly as what they would call a nightmare in the 1400s was probably sleep paralysis. It was somebody, mm-hmm. some combination of inability to move and a tightness or a pressure 
on the chest. You can see very easily how that can lead to, oh yeah, there was an incubus in the room last, or a succubus in the room last night. That makes so much sense. Sleep paralysis, it's usually just a few minutes, but in in extreme cases, it can be an hour. I'm sure it feels super long if you're Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, but imagine laying there for an hour and having the sensation of being unable to move, but being aware. That, That would just freak me out. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's scary. That makes so much. I love. I love it when people have kind of fairy tale or folklore explanations for things that they really can't explain. Yeah, I love when they're clear. I mean, like we've talked about some on the show where it's like, well, it could be this that they were alluding to, you know. But like this one, scary demon sitting on you. This one seems pretty cut and dried. So, have you guys ever dreamt of falling? And then actually feel like you fell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a weird sensation. Uh, it's terrible. I well, sometimes, that. yeah. I like it. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. I do I do have to say, I, it's it's briefly terrifying, but I do kind of like the little rush you get from like, it. Whoa! So there is a scientific name for it. And let's see if I can pronounce this because it's very long. <laughs> it's hypnagogic myoclonic twitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Commonly referred to as a hypnic jerk. Hmm. So, like you said about sleep paralysis, a lot of this stuff is understood by scientists, but a lot of it is not because, mm-hmm. like, w- when you're dealing with sleep or brain, a lot of the stuff is not 100% proven. You know, most experts agree that this is natural part of how we sleep. It's not. It's not a disorder. It's not disorder. It's not a condition. Most people actually feel this. You know, this hypnic jerk. Most experts are still not completely sure why your body does yeah. this. Why you just yeah. twitch right before you're but about to fall asleep. The general consensus among researchers and experts is that your muscles begin to relax as you're falling asleep, and your brain sometimes misinterprets the sense of relaxation as falling and so your brain sometimes would be like oh no warning don't fall Mm. and would quickly signals your muscles to wake up and you're like whoa to Hmm. to jerk you back upright but then you might ask well i definitely have had dreams of falling or going down a staircase or whatnot that causes this jerk right there is some sort of dream Mm -hmm. aspect and these dreams are actually not real dreams they're not produced by your usual rem sleep cycle so Mm -hmm. they're not real dream dreams but more like mm, like a daydream or a hallucination in response to the body sensation Hmm. so your brain is maybe producing these hallucinations to go along with your muscles relaxing and and jerking back upright just part of being human is the (laughs) hypnic jerk kind of a mystery does it happen to you guys a lot? I would say once a week. It doesn't happen to me that common, but it, it happens to me. Yeah, maybe once a month. I'll just get that jerk. You know, when it when it happens to me is when I'm trying to go to sleep if I'm really exhausted. Like if, I, if I've been up for a really long time or it was like really exerting myself, you know, just mm-hmm. that's when it seems to happen to me more. So Yeah, experts have also observed that it's kind of dependent on your stress level. Hmm. But hmm. for me, I get them once a week. Have you guys dreamt of being showing up to school naked? I never have. Really? I've, I have. No, I haven't. I've never had that one. No. I've heard that one's very common. It's so embarrassing. Yeah, mine are usually like, what? That paper is due tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> me too. Oh, better get started. Of, <laughs> yeah. A lot of school-related dreams. A lot of dreams. school. School stress. 
I mean, it was like 12 years of our life or longer. But yeah. I think all of my nightmares have to do with school. Even like I haven't been in school for years. All my nightmares are school or moving. Yeah. Of like, I'm going to fail. I'm going to let people down. Yeah. I'm going to have my work done. Yep. Well, I think I think the Hypnit Jerks is a good band name, actually. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It must be a band name. Yeah. Right? It's too good. Mr. Sandman and the Hypnic Jerks. Make it happen, yes, internet. Yes, yeah. Mr. Sandman and the Hypnic Jerks. We already have Incubus. All right. Well, speaking of band names, I want to close it out with a musical quiz for oh, you guys wow. here. Put the sleep topic to bed, so to speak. <laughs> I'll be here all week. (laughs) So this quiz is a little bit musical and a little bit about TV. Oh, yay! Yes, so some of our favorite things combined into one. So what I've decided to put together for you guys is a quiz. So a lot of TV shows, as we know, part of what makes them so memorable is their theme song. Yes. It's just, you know, the mark of a great TV show is a memorable opening theme song. I've always was fascinated by shows that would co-opt existing songs. And sometimes the show takes an existing song and it just becomes indelibly, indelibly marked and associated with that TV show. So this quiz is going to be hit songs that were hits on their own before becoming forever associated with a very particular TV show. Now, just bear with me. So I'm going to play tracks for you guys, and you guys are going to give me three pieces of information. Wow. What's the TV show that this song was the opening theme for? Who is performing? Okay. And the name of the song. Okay. Oh, now, okay. If you guys get all three for some of these, I will be very impressed. All right. So we're going to go in order of easiness up to very tricky at the end. Okay. All right. Love and marriage, love and marriage. They go together like a horse and carriage. This I'll tell you. Okay, who wants to take a stab? Well, Married with Children. Married with Children. Yep. Uh, Love and Marriage. Correct. Yeah. Performed by... Frank Sinatra? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. not being tricky. We're starting See, off with an yeah, easy one. That's why I'm always right. like... No. Always we're starting easy and we're going to get harder as we go. But right. uh, I'm trying not to be too tricky here. All right, here we go. The next one. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Yeah. Oh, baby, how do you I All I need is my brother. All right, TV show. Wonder Years. Wonder yes, Years. An all time classic. Singer is Joe Cocker. That yeah. is. And Little the song. My friend. Okay. Yes. Is that what it's called? Yes. Okay. But yeah. I thought this was going to be a trick. No, no tricks. No tricks. Just so the song s- and performer and a show. A little help with my friends. But that's at the end. Well, originally it's a Beatles song. <laughs> and it was at the end of another song's track. I'm not being tricky. Okay. I'm not being tricky. Okay. <laughs> yes, you guys got it. Wonder Years, Joe Cocker covering the Beatles with a little help from my friend. Oh, that's okay. such a good song. And his mm. performance of it it's is fantastic. incredible. All right, good job. So far, you guys are knocking it out. Right. We're going to get start getting a little bit trickier oh, here. Man. All, right, All right, here right. we go. Next one. Okay. Okay. Miami? 
The show CSI. Oh, <laughs> yeah, which one is it? Which one is it? They all, I know. So they're all all the CSIs are Who songs. That's right, yeah. Dana. Yeah, that was my initial feeling. Was was going to CSI it, New York? New York, oh! darn it. Okay, well, this is so the that's who. the show. It is Baba the Who, O'Reilly. and Baba. it is Baba O'Reilly. Oh, yeah, that man. was the tricky part. Is which one is it? Because they all use uh, Who songs. Yeah. All right, here we go. Guys, both Creek, you guys, your faces Dawson, lit up. Dawson's Creek, Paula yeah. Cole. Cole, Paula yes, Cole. Yes, Paula Cole, not wait. Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, no. A lot of people Cole. think Paula so. Cole singing. I don't want. I don't want to wait. Yes, Aww. well done. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Late nineties ladies rock is right in my <laughs> <Yeah>. house. <laughs> All right, here we go. A little fair crowd. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, these last two here, we're going to close out. And I guarantee you guys will know the songs, but let's see if you can give me the other pieces of information. All right, 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 so here we go. Uh, First of these last two. I can guess who the composer is. I think okay. so too. Okay. So oh, like interesting. A... I uh Susa? It is Susa, it yes. The, the master yeah. of the March song. Yes. Monty Python. Monty Python's See, Flying I, Circus. I was thinking Monty Python, but I was like, wait a minute, but Susa is American. American. Yeah, so it's funny you say that. So oh. as a lot of our listeners probably know, there was Terry Gilliam was the lone American in mm. the Python troupe. He chose the music. Yes. So it was the name of the, the name tune. of that tune is the Liberty Bell March. Oh, very okay. American. Very so yeah. American. It is apparently Flying it's become circus. it's become quite popular with uh, British bands as well, marching bands I read. Oh, okay. All right, guys, last one. We'll close it out here. If either of you guys gets all three of these, um, I will give you a million dollars. Oh, all right. Let's do this. I don't think Colin has a million dollars to give us. Um, <laughs> but this is absolutely a trivia quiz music kind of song. You got to know this one. You got to be prepared. All right, all right. Oh my god, that is All such right. an infectious song. Okay, yeah. we know the show. <laughs> Benny, Hill. Benny Hill. Benny Hill show. Does have a proper yeah. name, to and it was it a hit before Benny Hill. To me, again, it sounds American. It sounds kind of Dixie, Bayou, kind of old time. Like, you know, like <laughs> a little bit, yeah, song. yeah. It has yeah. a little bit of a, like a Zadeko feel to it, yeah. So we have to say the composer? So, uh, is it well known? you gotta give me the name. We've, we've had this in pub quiz before. The name of the song is Yakety Sax. Yes! Oh, Yakety yeah. Sax. Darn it. So if yes, you did not know that, that memorize that because Yakety, at some point sorry, in your life. A sack? Like sax. saxophone. Saxophone. Oh, Because it's all a saxophone. Yeah. Okay, okay. Not like. multiple potato sacks. It's right. A, it's a talkie sax. Right. Yak- oh, yakety. Oh, because the sax is, uh, yak. The artist, would it that be the composer or the saxophone player? Both. The man who wrote oh. it is the man who you heard playing it. And his name is 
Boots Randolph. <laughs> That's a great name. Where's he from? Well, I'm going to safely put this million dollars back in my pocket. <laughs> for, yeah, first of all, let me it. just take that off the table here. I guess I was wrong. Colin did have a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to claim that I knew Boots Randolph before I started researching it. So there you go. That's good. There you go. That's good. Boots Randolph, I, I'm looking it up right now, is from Nashville. There you go. Also and American for a classic British show. Thanks, Colin, for that last challenging music round. That was a lot of fun to put together. Yeah, I'm sure my wife is uh, sick of hearing uh, (laughs) the... Well, it's been been back and forth between the Liberty Bell March and Yakety Sax the last day. (laughs) All right, great. And that was our show. Thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. And hope you learned a lot about... Uh, TV theme songs and also nightmares, which is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, frass. We learned frass. a new word. Frass. Frass, your new favorite word. Right and, behind snarge. Yep. And bear oh. poop and hummingbirds. Wow. Wow. It's an emotional roller coaster today. It show. was. It, it was an intensely emotional show. <laughs> <laughs> I need a nap. <laughs> you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and also on our website, which is goodjobbrain.com. And don't forget to check out our sponsor at bonobos.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Sweet dreams. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.